Praise the Lord. Yeah, this is Brother Julius again. We are describing going through the book of Romans. Now we are in Romans chapter 11. And from chapter 10 we talk about how by faith we confess Christ and we are saved. In verse chapter 10, verse 8, 9 and 10. That is how by confession of our faith, he said that the word is in your mouth. The word of faith. And you have to confess Christ to be saved. You have to believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth that God has risen from the dead and that Jesus Christ is your Lord. So no man can say the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord said by the Holy Ghost. So when you confess it and you believe in Him, He said He will give you the new life, the new, the create, the created spirit in you, and you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now in chapter eleven, Apostle Paul continued his uh, dialogue about the Jews, and he said. Verse 1, I say then, as God cast away his people, God forbid, for I am also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin, God has not cast away his people which he foreknow, see, for knowledge. Watch it not what the scripture says of Elias, how he make it an intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thy altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what say the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So what Apostle Paul has been describing in all these chapter 9 and 10 and is continuing in chapter 11 is that this, the calling of we believers, calling of we people to become Christians is by election of grace. Not that we do something special. We do not know, God just called us. Why didn't he call the other person? I don't know. How come the other person was the seed of the serpent? I don't know. But I must have been the seed of Christ. That's why he called me and I responded. So if you that is listening, you are the seed of Christ, he's calling you by the gospel. It's by the gospel. And you have to respond. If you respond, that means that you are the seed of Christ indeed. If you do not respond, then maybe you are the seed of the serpent. That's why you are not responding. I gave an analogy to one man one day. I said, because in my in my hometown when I was growing up my mom usually had goats and chicken that she was raising and I noticed that anytime she wanted to call the goat maybe she wanted to call her own goat and the goat may be playing with other goats in the in the playground but when you want to call the goat you pass you you either call the name of the goat you have if the goat is like a pet you call his name but sometimes the goats will listen. But what they do is to, to throw some corn. The same thing with chicken. If the chicken is playing with other chicken uh, in the in the yard, but you want to get your own chicken into the cage. So you throw the corn on the ground and all the chicken will run to the corn when they see the food. You see, corn is for the food, it's food for all the chicken. And they all run there and they begin to peck and peck all the corn. But you want to pick your own chicken or hen or fowl. So, my mom would just grab his own chicken and put them in the cage and leave the others that don't belong to him there. And that is what God is doing with the gospel also. God said, preach the gospel to all Christians. So we go and preach the gospel to the world by radio, by literature. You that is listening to me, if you belong to the seed of God, you come to it. Even there are some that don't even belong to the seed of God, they just listen also. But God now is going to call his own people into his house by picking them up and bringing them into his kingdom. Why the others, they will just listen, they will not understand. Jesus Christ said that the hearing you will hear will not understand. 
Why? Because they do not belong to the seed. Christ said, I know my sheep. So the same way is what God is using. He's using the gospel. Say the power of God to save us is through the gospel. And it's calling some people through the same gospel. But there will be other that we find it interesting. They find religion very interesting. They also follow religion. They're just following religion. But if they don't belong to the seed of Christ, they will never be saved. They may have a form of religion, but they will not be saved. But if you belong to Christ, He's calling you by the gospel. Give your heart to Him and let it sink deep and begin to follow the exhortation. And He's calling you unto Himself. Then you'll be faithful. That's what Christ is saying here. He said, God has not cast away His people which He foreknow. In verse 5, even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to election of grace. So election of grace is what God is using to call individual people into Christ, into Christianity. Not because you are born by some parents that were Christians. That may put you in a religion but not into Christianity. Because you have to be born again to be a member of the kingdom of God that is coming. And how do you get born again? When Christ comes into your heart. And how do you get that? When you receive this gospel we are preaching to you and you believe it and you call on Jesus Christ to come and give you the new bath. He said that with your heart you believe, with your mouth you confess that Jesus is your Lord and confess that he rose from the dead and they are inviting him to come and take over your life. You have to invite him to take over your life that you surrender your life to him and then he will take over and you will be a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is how you are born again. And Christ gives you a recreated spirit in you that will make you to not be interested in the old Adamic sinful nature. The sinful self will be dead, will be crucified, and your lifestyle will be different. Say so you become a new creature. All things are passed away. That is whatever you used to enjoy, like to do that has sin, you will just eat it. From inside, you just see that something changed in you. That you are no more interested on those old stuff anymore. You are a new a new person in Christ. And you have a new appetite and you have a new desire because something has changed from within you that is the new spirit he is creating in us as he said being born again except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god is what christ said except a man may be born of water and of spirit you cannot see the kingdom of god the water baptism that you go to is to symbolize that you have been dead the old man is dead buried under water and the new person comes out and you have to reckon you have to believe it like that let your mind say like that and Christ now is going to give you a new spirit. And from that new spirit, begin to use that. Begin to walk in the newness of life. It's what the Bible said. Reckoning yourself to be dead indeed to sin and life unto God. Now, in chapter 11, he went further. Verse 6 said, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. That is Christ calling us by grace. Not that we do something special. By grace. It's not, all, not because we are so righteous. That's why he calls us. No, it is by grace. Even the worst sinner can be called and it will change just like that when Christ touched him. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Well then, Israel has not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election has obtained it and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear until this day. Verse 9 says, And David said, Let their table be made a snare and a trap, and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them and let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always verse 11 says, i said then have they stumbled that they should fall god forbid but rather through their fall salvation is come unto the gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy now that's how apostle paul is preaching it that is the 
Jewish leaders in that generation of Christ that refused to accept Christ, they were blinded, spiritually blinded, so that the, the gospel can go to the Gentiles. That was how Apostle Paul presented it. That was something that, that was God already planned that the Gentiles will be preached to for 2,000 years. So that's why Christ said, The time of the Gentiles is this gospel is being preached. And it's not all the Gentiles that we accept it, only the elected one also. I'm glad I'm elected. Are you? If you are elected, you should be a believer. If you are a believer, praise God and be humble. But if you are not a believer, you can be a believer by just accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And He will come and live inside you from there and from now and forth. And call upon Him and He will save you. So Apostle Paul continued and said, Salvation is to come to the Gentiles. It may provoke the Jews to jealousy. But you see, until the end of the world, maybe they will be they will be provoked. Now, if the if the fall of them, verse twelve, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminution of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more they are fullness. Apostle Paul said, "For I speak to you Gentiles, in as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh." Verse fifteen says, "If the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead?" For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now, Apostle Paul is just describing to make us to see that the, the nation of Israel, even though they didn't believe, but God is going to bring them back at the end. When he says bring them back, is the generation that Christ is going to appear to in the end. But that's what you say. People are assuming that one is saying, I'm going to bring them back. God is talking about that generation completely. Because generation comes, generation goes. Those that die in their sin, they go to hell, lake of fire. But their children continue. So the world has been continuing for 2,000, 6,000 years. Another generation is here. Think of what is going on even in your own country right now. The generation that fought the civil war in the days of uh, Mr. Ujuku. They are, many of them are dead and gone. Now another generation may rise up. Another generation may rise up. If they also went to civil war, something else is going to happen. See, the war continues until the end. The same way with the Jews. The generation that rejected Christ, they are done and gone. Many of them that rejected Christ are here right now, suffering. But there will be another generation about 2,000 years later of, this, of that seed of the Jews. And that we see Christ coming from the sky and they will accept him as the Savior. And these are the generation that will be saved according to what Apostle Paul is saying. When he said, the, all Israel shall be saved. That was describing in this chapter 11. Now, he also gave warning to the Gentile believers to say, Don't boast. Verse 18. Boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Verse 21. He said, if, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. On them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, therefore otherwise thou also shall be cut off. So Apostle Paul is giving us warning here that we as believers we must be careful to to walk the works of righteousness. Be careful to do good works. Be careful to follow God in humility, not proud and cocky, as if well, we are the chosen one. Israel has not been chosen, no. We are to be humble before God because we do not know what we did that made God choose us individually. We have not, he said, by grace are you saved through faith. Not of your works, not of yourselves, but it's the gift of God. And so that's why we humbly preach to others that Christ loves you and is wanting to come to Him. 
and be saved also. Now let's go to from chapter 12. We are going to see Apostle Paul now is going to begin to exhort the believers from chapter 12. But in chapter 11, he went further in chapter 11 and said, verse 27, talking about the covenant between the Israelites and and God as he gives them. For this is the covenant I covenant to them, which I shall take uh, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in time past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also not not believe that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. That's verse 31. Now we go to praise God in chapter 32. For God has concluded them all in unbelief. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That he might have mercy upon all. So God concludes everybody, every man, both the Jews and the Gentiles are unbelief. And he forgives everybody. And now calling everybody individually, individually, not nation by nation, individually, come unto me. So if the majority of the people in that nation all come to Christ, that becomes look like a Christian nation. That's what some people claim to be Christian nation. Not that God selected a particular nation, but how many are accepting Christ in that nation? God is forgiving the world and calling everybody individually come to Christ and be saved. If you call and many people come from the same nation, they will almost become a Christian nation. That's what we are seeing in the Western world. But the same thing is what God is saying. For God has concluded them all in unbelief that He might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been His counselor, or who has first given to Him, and it shall be recompensed unto Him again. For of Him, and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever amen that was the end of chapter 11 that we are describing we are going to go to chapter 12 and see the exhortation that apostle paul was giving to believers chapter 12 through chapter 15 is just full of exhortation on how we should conduct ourselves as believers and how we should exercise our faith from chapter 12 let's go on I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, we are to present our body. Our body is the temple of the living God. And we are to present our body as a sacrifice unto God, holy, acceptable unto God. And verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are not to conform to this world. What does that mean conform to this world? We all these uh, things that the Lord, the world wanted to enjoy that look like sin. Don't conform to it. All the things they run after. Lost for money. Lost for, uh, for fame. All the lost for, for pleasure. You see, that's conforming to this world. So don't be conformed to this world, but transformed in the renewing of your mind so that you are proving what is good, what does God want from us, what is acceptable to God, what is perfect will of God. We have to search that one from the Bible, from the scriptures. Daily searching the Bible, daily living according to the scriptures, that's how you don't conform to the world. Present your body as a living sacrifice. What does that really mean? A living sacrifice is something that when you 
get a goat and you slaughter the goat for sacrifice, the goat is dead. So the the one that sacrifice can then carry the goat. No matter you can lift up the goat's head, it couldn't resist you. You can lift up the goat's hand, it couldn't resist you. You can lift up the goat's body, it couldn't resist you. That's how we should present our body to God also as a sacrifice that we are living. So he can use us, he can use our body, he can use our feet to do what he wants to do. Our hands become his hands of showing mercy. Our eyes become his eyes of, 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 of showing kindness. Our mouth becomes his mouth for speaking the truth. Our legs become his legs for, for going to, to distances for, for him. See, that is what he says, we are to present our body to God as a living sacrifice. So that he can use us, he can use all our members. The Bible says, yield your members. What is our members? My hand is my member, my eyes, my nose, my lips. I don't want to go and kiss a sinner or sinful nature or kiss someone that is not my, my spouse. That is how you don't yield your members. You yield your members only to righteousness and not to ungodliness, not to iniquity. See? And verse 3 says, For I said through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we are to walk soberly before God and think soberly and live righteously before Him. Verse 4. First, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many, I mean, we be many believers, are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Now it's not talking about the corporate body of Christ, not just a local church. That the whole body of Christ, every believer, we are all members of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is is a corporate body. Anyone that is born again is baptized into that body. Everyone that is born again is baptized by the Holy Ghost into that body of Christ. And every member that is baptized in the body of Christ, you have a function to perform. In the body, just like you have fingers in the body, you have skin in the body, you have big toes, you have thumbs in the body. Every part of the body of our woman body, every part is to produce, to perform a function. The same way is using that same analogy that we as Christians, we are all one body, body of Christ. And every member, every one of us are members of that body of Christ. And we have some offices that we have to, to fulfill. And some functions each individual can can fulfill. Verse six: so Having then gifts defined according to the grace that is given to us, whether it is prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Now it's now giving different offices that each of members may have in the body of Christ, and some may be. Prophets, some may not be prophets, some may be just prophesied, some may have some form of ministry. Every member of the body of Christ from different parts of different, people, different places, we are all to function, to minister to the same body, to make the body grow together. The body means the believers. And he said, verse 8, he that exhorted, wait on your exhortation, he that giveth, just giving donation, giving money, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, rule with diligence. He that showeth mercy, show mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Above that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. You see, these are all exhortations for all believers, how we should conduct ourselves. See, anything that is evil, avoid. And cleave to something that is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. 
this is exhortation for every believer that you should show kind affection one to another in, in, the, in the body of Christ with brotherly love in honor preferring one another that is there should be no puffing up I'm better than you I'm greater than you I'm apostle I'm preacher I'm pastor I'm this I'm that evangelist no we are to honor one another he said in honor preferring one another now you go further also is that you are not to be slothful in business even whatever you are doing you say you have to do it as unto Christ no matter what is your job no matter what is your profession you are an engineer you are a doctor you are a carpenter you are a tailor if you are a believer in Christ know that you are serving Christ with whatever you are doing are you a taxi driver you are serving Christ which means you should serve with fear of God with holiness and with righteousness you are a policeman you are to you are to know that you are serving Christ as a policeman and if you are serving Christ you shouldn't be embezzling money you shouldn't be bike asking for bribe now that you even taking bribe you see you should be pure and clear right? because you are going to you are reporting to Jesus Christ if you are a, a ruler uh, one of the politicians that you are listening to this you have to know that your position is to serve Christ Jesus whatever position you are you are serving Christ and that means you are not to put your hand in things that you know Christ will not allow you to do like stealing from the public fund like not take, taking getting some other people to do it for you or embezzlement or taking contracts and not doing it and pocketing the money just stealing all of those things you know you are serving Christ you will never participate in that because you know God sees your heart and he sees what you are doing other human beings may not see but you are reporting to God you have to remember that you are serving Christ in everything you do so that's why he's saying remember you are not to be slothful in business fervent in spirit verse 11 is what I'm reading Romans chapter 12 verse 11 you have to remember that you are not to be slothful in business that you don't be lazy in anything you are doing even th you think you are just serving yourself you are, it's your business no you are serving Christ so don't be slothful in business because if your business collapses, you are going to be crying to God also then you better know that when you are doing that business you are serving Christ so that you don't want your business to collapse not slothful in business be fervent in spirit serving the Lord you remember that you are serving the Lord in everything you do are you a student make sure you are studying hard to get the best grade why because you are studying as a servant of Christ and God can see whether you are lazy or you are not God can see whether you are just playing games when you should be studying or you are not and then we will cry out to him to help you make a good game when you have not put on the best effort of your study so you are serving Christ everything you do you say do all things as unto Christ and not unto men verse 12 say then rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continue instant in prayer now you say you have to be patient in tribulation there may be persecution for believers it's coming very soon in the end of the world it may be persecution for me when your family, family members that do not believe Christ or maybe you are a Muslim you turn to Christ and your family members want to persecute you but be patient just trust God God will work it out but starting said distributing to the necessity of sins that means be hospitable for believers that are about you verse 14 bless them which persecute you bless and curse not that's what you are saying God said they will persecute but you are not to cause them you are to bless them verse 15 rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep verse 16 be of the same mind one toward another mind not heightened but condescend to men of low estate be not wise in your own conceits don't be proud that's what he's saying verse 17 recompense to no man evil for evil I mean be kind and gentle 
Don't repay evil. Let God be the one that will defend you. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. I mean, be honest before everybody. Because God sees your heart anyway and is the Lord that you are serving. So be honest before everybody and then God will defend you even if they don't believe you. Because it's possible for them not to believe you, but be honest. In verse 18, if it be possible, as much as light in you, live peaceably with all men. See, that is our responsibility as believers. If it be possible, as much as light in you, live peaceably with all men. Verse 19 is very important. Say, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Because God said He will be the one to avenge you. And when God avenge, may be slow, but it's going to be tall. Avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, said the Lord. See, when you try to avenge yourself, you are standing in the way of God. So just let the Lord God undo it, and you will be surprised that God will bless you when you don't avenge yourself, and God will defend you against the adversary. Verse 20, Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now that verse 20, Apostle Paul is quoting the book of Proverbs. You see that in Proverbs chapter 24. Let me, let me read to you. You see, it was in the book of Proverbs where Solomon said, if your enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. He said, by so doing, you shall heap coals of fire upon his head. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 17, he said, Rejoice not when your enemy falleth, and let not thy heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his rod from him. That's the wise, the wisdom from Solomon. That if your enemy is stumbling, don't rejoice. Be paid for him. When he stumbles, when he falls, don't rejoice. Because if God sees you rejoicing over your enemy, God will stop the vengeance. If God will say, I'm going to avenge you, it's not for you to, to be happy that he, he is beating down on your enemy. In chapter 25, verse 21, Solomon said, uh, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 21, If thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. See, that was what the Apostle Paul quoted in Romans chapter 12, verse 20. Our purpose is not to put coals of fire upon the enemy's head, but it's just telling you that is what will happen if you do your own part of just being nice and being kind and don't avenge yourself. Feed them that are hungry, give them water if they are drinking, if they are, if they are thirsty, even though they know they, are, they have sworn against you, but let God handle it. What's sin? Because then God will be defending you. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So I pray that the Lord will bless your heart with this exhortation. In the next chapter, in chapter 13, we go to more exhortation that Apostle Paul was giving to the believers. How we should conduct ourselves in this world. And I pray that the Lord will bless your Father, I pray for those that are listening right now. Give them understanding. Give them faith to believe. Help them to walk pleasing you. As the Romans chapter 12 has given exhortation, help us to help all of us to walk having kind affection towards one another with brotherly love because it is the love of God shared abroad to us that will carry us in the rapture. So we pray for that divine love to begin to manifest in us in the body of Christ. 
that we will love the body of Christ, we will love one another, and love all other people too. The Bible says that we are to walk in love, not in anger, not in hatred, not in bitterness. Walk in love. So be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. That is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the epistle that the letter the Apostle Paul is writing. That we believers should be kind one to another. And to even to the whole world, he said, as much as life is in you, live peaceably with all men. That was what we read in verse 18 of Romans chapter 12. I pray that the Lord will bless your heart, that you'll be able to do work in this love and this gentleness and this kindness of Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless you. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona, 85050. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Turn us again next week. God bless you.